0: Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. Believe it or not, today we are in Revelation chapter 22, the last chapter in the book of Revelation. And I'm so glad I wanted to. Finish this study in the book of Revelation before the second coming. Just teasing, that was a joke, but it is good feeling to be all the way here. It's been a long journey. Thank you for those who have stayed with me. I think this study in the book of Revelation is something that God says in the very first chapter, blessed are those who hear and read aloud what is contained in this book. Today, we're going to tackle a very difficult subject, Regarding a saying in Revelation 22, where Jesus says, I am coming soon. And not only does he say it once, he says it twice, and then he says it a third time. I'll read those three passages Revelation 22 and verse 7. Behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Revelation 22, verse 12. Behold, I am coming soon, bringing recompense to repay everyone for what he has done. And then Revelation 22, verse 20. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Now, these three sayings in Revelation chapter 20, I am going to suggest to you are intimately connected with the first verse of the book of Revelation. In fact, these three statements about him coming soon in Revelation 22 are connected with the very first verse of chapter one of the book of Revelation. And chapter 1-1 reads like this, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. Now, My first experience with Jesus coming soon and interpreting the book of Revelation, just taking these words out of historical context and, in fact, out of biblical, wider biblical context, and just say, from the point of time that you're living, you read this, here Jesus is coming soon. I had a friend who was attending a large uh, rapture-at-any-moment church in California, and he was serving in the Navy at the time. As soon as he got out of the Navy, he literally drove as fast as he could, even though he only owned a Volkswagen, he pushed that thing as fast as he could, driving across the United States to witness to his parents because Jesus was coming soon. And he also witnessed to me, and I ended up driving out to California to hear lots about Jesus coming soon. And if you turn on your TV and flip the dial through some of the TV prophets, and they're going to be quoting scriptures like this, Jesus is coming soon, and get everybody all hyped up and whatever else, telling you to send in checks to their Jesus is coming soon prophetic ministry. Uh, that's the futurist only, not recognizing that there's first century application. When Jesus is coming soon, It it needs to be carefully interpreted. And what's the best way to do that? I have stated before, one of my favorite or the favorite commentator on the book of Revelation is an evangelical scholar by the name of G.K. Beale. He does follow that general outline of St. Augustine or some of the things from his evangelical background I would disagree with. But the reason I like him so much is because his expertise is in the New Testament usage of of the Old Testament and showing how the two testaments are connected together and how some of the seemingly bizarre statements or easily misunderstood statements of the book of Revelation can become clear once you bring the Old Testament to bear and carefully apply it to the new. The Ignatius Catholic Study Bible, if you have used that, has a statement like this. The initial fulfillment of the book was expected within the lifetime of first-century readers, but the expression, repeated three times, I am coming soon, alludes to the Greek version of Daniel chapter 2 and verse 28. Do you remember I told you that the entire book of Revelation, two sides of one coin, kingship and worship— who is the king, Caesar or Jesus, or is it going to be the Antichrist or Jesus? And both will demand worship. Only one is truly worthy of worship. Well, the same type of thing was going on in the book of Daniel. And through the first world empire, Babylon, through Nebuchadnezzar, he wanted everybody to worship him. And of course, Daniel and his friends didn't do it. But There was a dream given to Nebuchadnezzar of a series of world kingdoms. And then in the days of the fourth world kingdom, and don't worry, we're going to get to Daniel and study this stuff, Lord willing. But what happened is that there's an eternal kingdom. All these succession of world kingdoms would come to an end, but in the midst of those days, the God of heaven would bring an eternal kingdom. That's the Messiah's kingdom. That's why Jesus is called King of Kings and Lord of Lords in the book of Revelation. But in Daniel chapter 2, in verse 28, says that there is a God in heaven, reveals mysteries, and he's made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. And by the latter days, he's referring to that period when the final messianic kingdom will come. And so at the end of Daniel, and this is key, Daniel 12 and verse 4, these are the instructions, but you, Daniel, seal up the words of this book until the time of the end. Seal up the book. In other words, this succession of kingdoms is going to come after you, Daniel, and this is for the latter days, and so seal it up. It's not going to apply to your day fully. But then we get to Revelation chapter 22, and St. John hears this, do not seal up the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. In other words, but say Jesus is coming soon, this is not a proof text to get people all hyped up to think that um, somehow they know that when the second coming is. We don't know when that is, but we do know that that last period of human history between the ascension of Jesus Christ into heaven, going up to heaven in clouds, and the second coming of Jesus, where he comes back in the same way, that is that last period, and we are in it. And that's what this whole book of Revelation is trying to say. We are in the last period. And the beginnings of that last period, the historical realities of the book of Revelation, were already being felt because the author, St. John, was on the Isle of Patmos due to the testimony, the witness of Jesus in the face of the imperial Roman persecution. And then we find the faithful Antipas who was killed in Pergamum. These These were early indications that trouble was brewing and the book of Revelation is going to get far worse before it gets better. But basically, we are in the last period of human history. Now, 2,000 years is a long time, but uh, I think that's what the book of Revelation is talking about. These are hard verses, but the temptation is to flip to the historical only view. I describe this, the technical term for this is the preterist view, that the historical only view would say when, when Jesus says, I'm coming soon, he means coming in the 70 AD destruction of Jerusalem. Now, it is clear as a bell. There's no confusion here that Jesus said his second coming would be a surprise. It would be at a time you don't expect, and no man knows the day or the hour. But the historical only view says, well, Jesus, and he did come in a very real sense in judgment in the destruction of Jerusalem by the Romans in 70 AD. But let me tell you something. This is kind of important because they don't tend to mention this. The Romans didn't come via airplane paratroopers in an early morning assault on the city of Jerusalem. In other words, this wasn't a fulfillment of Jesus' words of something sudden and unexpected and unpredictable the siege of Jerusalem took four months, three weeks, and four days. So you could hardly call this unexpected. I mean, once you saw the entire uh, Roman troops surrounding your city and these weren't they were very unhappy when they had to do a siege that means you were going to get it when they finally won there wouldn't be any big surprise about a coming in 70 AD in fact the revolt that led to the romans coming in 70 AD began 4 years earlier so this is not sudden it's not unexpected And there's something that the Preterist view or the historical-only view that says this refers to the coming of the Romans to destroy Jerusalem in 70 AD, they totally lose focus of Daniel, because Daniel's focus is not Israel versus the world empires. Daniel's focus is Christ's kingdom versus the world empires, and that's something to keep in mind. There are indications when Jesus is coming soon, St. John was trying, yeah, the reality of the last days is here. It came in the first century. It's still here, and it seems to be getting warmer, but we don't know when that is because there are also indications, starting from the very lips of Jesus, that could be a long time span. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus says, who's the faithful and wise servant? that the master will set over his household, that when he comes, he will find him so doing. When he comes means his second coming. But he said, if that servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming, there's a seemingly delay in the second coming. So he begins to being very unfaithful servant and eating, drinking, getting drunk and not doing the master's will. That master will come in a day when he does not expect and at an hour, he does not know and punish him. But this all begins with thinking, yeah, it's a long stretch here. Maybe, maybe this isn't really gonna happen. And then there's our first pope, St. Peter, in his second letter, chapter three, starting in verse two, he says, you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets, that you must understand that scoffers will come in the last days, following their own passion, saying, where is the promise of his coming? And that coming is the second coming in context. And he says, don't worry. The Lord is not slow regarding his promise, the promise of his coming, as some count slowness, but is forbearing, not wishing that any should perish. So, yeah, it's been a long stretch. You know, there is kind of a long stretch with the flood of Noah, Uh, It took 100 years to prepare between the time of the warning and the time the flood came. But the flood came in the year that Methuselah died. Methuselah was the longest living human being that ever lived, 969 years. But God was wishing that people would come to repentance. That was part of the delay. And yes, St. Peter says that day will come like a thief. God is not wishing any to perish, and the Lord is not slow regarding his promise, and don't worry, you need to remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of our Lord and Savior through your apostles, like St. John, whom we're reading about in the book of Revelation. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 136 of Luke 21 Radio.